<laughs> and we're live. Hello and welcome everybody. Hopefully you're having a great goddamn day. Welcome back to another Monday edition of the Crypto Yams podcast, your number one podcast for crypto news information, TCC, and much more. Today, Bitcoin over the weekend, pretty much what we had been expecting. Uh, not a whole heck of a lot happening there, but the signs of early warning picking up uh, in price action is actually looking quite good. Uh, the money flow on the daily continues to rise and much, much more. So let's get right into it. Uh, starting over here on our shorter term timeframes, the four hour uh, TC has been hit many, many candles ago. Looking uh, from yesterday, we are starting to see some sort of uh, we're running out of steam here. The energy of the move is starting to top out just as we had prior in this mid 41, uh, sorry, 31,000 region. So some short term pushback more than likely. If we continue to reach higher lows at around 30,500 or even just holding our market structure line now of the four hour and daily consolidation levels, we're still looking okay for the future. So short terms are looking pretty okay. Maybe a little bit of short term pushback, but overall, uh, we're not looking too bad. The eight hours also continuing to see prices continue. We have money flow pushing to the upside, triple confirmed as of yesterday as well. So starting entries, not a bad idea. They'd already come in. We talked about it many, many days ago. 16 hour, 12 hour in the same boat, also TC'd. The move is looking quite nice. Again, for longer term continuation, we're not in a bad spot. We can see that our fibs have extended all the way up in our 16 hour, which as per our daily, have also extended up and we're still within the range. Uh, the range being broken once we're above 32,000. So if we can work our way through the 32K level, we can start touching back into these prior levels that we've talked about, 38, 40. 40 is going to be coming in as the major key level support or resistance. And it is going to be a pretty hard time pushing back through 40 unless the, the current state of everything else starts to change, which is essentially what we're also seeing, the S&P finding some bottom formations, um, the tech stocks potentially uh, finding some ground here and turning around as well. Everybody, I have a couple people on the podcast today. We have Jay, like always. We have Pio, who knows a lot more about finance and energy markets. We might touch upon that today. And as well, we have Trend Expresso with us today. So welcome, everybody. Appreciate you guys being here. Going on, buddy. Yes, 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 yes. Jay, you have anything to interject about what we're seeing here with Bitcoin? Since I know your time is shorter. Well, I mean, this was a nice push up. Uh, I really liked it. Uh, seeing this, obviously, most people did getting that uh, those green candles. Don't they uh, don't they just like tickle you a little bit? You know, you see like a day it's like four percent up and you're like, ooh. That's what that feels like. I forgot, you know, we just had like nine straight weeks of red. That's just a, a sigh of relief. <laughs> yeah, it's good stuff. So um, if, if you were to see the previous little uh, pump that you can see our, our market structure line you have there right now on the on the daily there. Is that like thirty one thousand four hundred roughly? 
or maybe that's where we are. No, it's it's up higher than that. Yeah, it's like 32.2. Yeah, I thought so. I was like, wait a minute. I'm all off here. If you were to look at that on regular candles, um, on like the four hour time frame, just to get an understanding, like the macro looks pretty solid there. Um, but just to see like the little battle we have, you can see it on the daily actually there too. We had that doji and then the seven confirmed bearish divs. We're pretty much running into that doji support and that's where we we bounced off so far. It's an interesting spot. It kind of makes me think like, well, we did daily triple confirm down, which is interesting. But it's almost like one of those fake out triple confirmations, you know, that, that we've seen so many times right towards the end of like, you know, finding a local bottom at least somewhere mm -hmm. or a local top. I guess you can say it's like when Bitcoin went up to 69K, we quick triple confirmed up like one last time for like the last little push up just to get everyone bullish, you know. So it's kind of like, is that what we just did? Maybe a little bit. You know? Right. And that's absolutely been my thinking just as we've continued to see this money flow, right, making higher lows each time that it has come down and continuing to push up, even though overall price action was coming down, at least until the end of May. And I mean, as far as, you know, divergence patterns go, very clear divergence and convergence wave so far with market structure on our side. Um, and that's happening across the board between Wolfpack, Market Liberator and Money Flow, which is, as we know, a very strong signal. The fact that it's doing it on the daily, you know, it's a very, it's a very good signal. It's a very good signal, and uh, of course, it, it would have taken this long to play out because it's based on a daily type of thing. Yeah, like as long as you know, it's just one of those things. Like you have to, even though the price action continues to flip back, flip flop back and forth, you kind of have to look at the overall of the situation that you're in. And see, like, man, you know, we're continuing to get less and less sell pressure and more and more buy pressure coming in at the same time, even though we're we're ranging, right? It 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 essentially establishes that this range is is more so finding support than it is, you know, hitting resistance. If that makes any sense. Funny deja vu. Uh, now that you say that, uh, just seeing some of the prices on here as well, um, in this range we're in. Springs deja vu to me. I remember uh, a year ago now. It's kind of crazy. It's been that long pretty much since uh, the last dump. And then we pumped up right from all time high. It's already been like a year. It's crazy. huh? And I remember um, being in the Crypto Yams Discord, you know, and we were all just like in the, the voice chat. And the peril was uh, very perilous between all of us. There's just so much peril, right? It was just the end of the world. Everything was on fire. And then we did that last little push down there, right? You know, before we sprung and pumped. And I remember I was like, hey, guys, uh, when we were at 28, 29, and then once we started coming up to 30 and we hit 31, and I was like, hey, guys, if we come back to 30,600 and reclaim that as support and then move up from there, that's your sign for the entry. And it happened. And it's hilarious because right now, Check this out. I got I got something pretty cool for you, I think. If you were to do, if you were to take, uh, go on like the hourly time frame to try and get an idea of like, this is kind of the same motion here. Okay. Um, and then if you go from on the hourly, if you go from the low on the 26th of May, you can see that wick kind of sticking out there. The 26th of May. Yep. So take your Fibonacci tool, just like your normal Fibonacci tool, you know, and then go to that top of that pump we had the next, you know, yep. And then look at where the... Uh, if you're using log scale, especially, but if you go right to the top of that wick, the 382 extension, 
um, lines up pretty much perfectly. You see the rejection we had on that the on the right there. Yep. So for us to come back, retest that rejection also lines up with the 382 Fibonacci pull. And we held the golden pocket 618 the whole way as well, too. Exactly. So we were bouncing between the 618 and the 382, came back, reheld the 618 again. And do we now turn the 382 into support instead? That That's my question. So it's like deja vu. We're looking for the 30,600 support if we come down there. Of course, we could go lower. All those fun things. You know how Bitcoin is. Ranges. We could just BART this again and just do another copy of what we just did. But I think that might be an interesting play if we do find support there. It would it, it would it would play out well. Exactly. And we can see how many times this has come in as resistance at this 30,500 level in this region. Right. So it's a very key level to actually find support at. We didn't find support the first time we broke above. We smashed right back through. Right. We never had a true retest. We retested resistance and we smashed back through. So absolutely, if we could get back into the 30,000. 500 range, or even if we were to hold the 31,000 range of the market structure of the hourly, which obviously isn't as strong as the 30,500 level, either one of those would be confluent enough for us to say, you know, yes, we've, we've now established another converging wave. We've got a higher low. It's a retest of key level resistance. And now we can finally break through this 32 region, which is acting as key level resistance. So I'm looking for like a hidden bullish divergence, maybe, and then another bullish divergence to follow it up to see more continuation to the upside on like the hourly. And I don't know if the four hour will play that way, um, but at the same time, we could just bart our way back down again. It's always interesting to remember, but because we put in that higher low after that last bart pattern we just did. Mm -hmm. We put in a higher low, so it would kind of make sense that we're tussling between here. It's kind of like a triangle that we're going to eventually break out to the upside. Right, exactly. Or some sort of, you know, extended BART pattern at the same time, because they usually go hand in hand. Oh, yeah, I see it inverse there. And that would be enough just to at least push us through that key level where we could retest some of these more midterm time frame resistances, right? Potentially back into 35 or 38 or 40. And then from there, right, we can figure out what's going to happen through the ma the midterm macro, right? Because as of right now, like we see that the four hour, the eight hour and the 12 hour market structures and fibs are on our side to the upside here, right? We've established that this is a 12 hour bottom and potentially a daily bottom. If we can get the close within the next day or two back, TC back up, as we know, these types of fluctuations that invalidate each other you know this buy signal uh being invalidated by the sell signal to then be invalidated by another buy signal is a very strong very strong shift of momentum and what it's saying is that essentially this this move should have played out the the momentum didn't come in strong enough at the time it was forced back and if it's forced back up it's like a bottle of coca-cola that you've shaken up you know three times. You shook it up here, you shook it up here, and then finally it opens on the third TC. And all that built up kinetic energy is waiting to 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 spring. So yeah, definitely there is some there is some good basis here to say that we're going to see some sort of midterm, maybe midterm macro upside here. Just it just depends on how high of a time frame we can get momentum and bullish uh push on. Like, you know, daily's pretty well already on our side. 
even though obviously we're still TC down on daily, the 16 hour and the 12 hour are giving us like nice early signs that it's, it is going to TC back up. The 12 hours already TC back up, 16 hour and daily are still lagging behind just because there's still some short term uh, shenanigans going on. The four hour, one hour wanting to come back down a little bit for that retest. So we just talked about a 30,500. But if we can get that, even if it happens super quick, like within one or two hours, we come down, we touch it because it's not very far away. It's a thousand dollars, which is no big deal for Bitcoin. If we touch it quick, we get, you know, we see buy pressure in that level. The bots will start to pick up on that. They'll start to push us back towards 32 to hopefully make a decision of which way we're going to go. Because as of right now, it's either we break above 32 or we break back below 30,500 concretely. I think that's where we're at right now. That's that's what the range would indicate. Yes. Um, P.O., you were talking before the podcast about uh, some of the energy stuff and the tech stuff. I'd love for you to jump in that a little bit, if you don't mind. Yeah, I think it offers confluence to kind of the kind of looking at the midterm as like a maybe a more bullish possibility, given what's kind of happening in the short term. From a bottling, bottling perspective, and also kind of confidence different patterns because you know, like until it isn't correlated, Bitcoin is correlated with the Nasdaq. And seeing senior U.S. politicians, you know, announce that they have call options, pretty bullish for later on in the year. I think is um, yeah, I think things might line up with a bit of reprieve from here. And um, my my sentiment regarding energy is probably counter to that argument on a higher time frame or even the late midterm in terms of like um you're seeing natural gas today up 10 percent and a lot of countries talking about perhaps contingency planning for energy shortages come fall and winter um, and china opening up again offering even more demand so it's, it's a bit of a confusing picture but you know personally i wouldn't be surprised to see bitcoin like you know, try for 40 at least or go up a few levels and ping pong around before things might turn around. But um, with, with tech, I, I think I do see a little bit of reprieve in that market for a while. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. It really lines up with what we were talking about with the S&P and the NASDAQ uh, in the previous week, where, you know, when CNBC and CNN and all these news agencies start coming out and they start talking about recession. You start seeing these news articles about recession and stuff. And it's like, we've already done a 20% dump from the high. It just doesn't make any sense why it would fall off a cliff from this point. Like it, it is never done that before. You know, it always recovers faking all the retail out that just got out back in before taking the real dive you know as we know like why would nancy Pelosi and why would these other big uh investment companies still be getting in you know if we were going in full hundred percent hard-hitting recession you know I, I don't think that smart money and and whales are exiting yet i think that they're they're absolutely aware of the situation and they know that it you know it's a house of cards, essentially, and that it could topple at any time. But they know that there's 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 certain things that happen first. They always let their buddies get out and push more liquidity in to get pushed out later. So it just it doesn't make any sense why it would just, you know, shit the sheets here. It makes way more sense that we would maybe consolidate, retest previous all time high level or close to 
and maybe even break all time high for, you know, a matter of maybe not a long time, maybe a couple months, maybe one month, maybe a couple days. Um, and then I'll go to shit. That would be the full psyop. And I'll be honest with you, there's still a percentage chance of, of that. Like, you know, things can get, can seem euphoric. Um, you know, until the last, very last moment. And, you know, we saw Bitcoin under higher time frames, and probably the same with a lot of the more tossed up Nasdaq stuff last summer, that second kind of double top pattern. Like Zoom, all these guys, they never saw those highs again, but the divergences were there. Um, and maybe we could form an even larger divergence pattern and go for all the time highs, like, and really sigh off people. So I was asking myself this question the other day, like, how many people do I know who weren't traders or, like, you know, jumping into kind of FOMO the last two years from uh, just a retail FOMO perspective that we're selling stock? And not many, you know. Actually, I think Ashley, um, the legend as she is, gave an anecdote in chat a couple of weeks ago that I think um, I think Jay might have something to say on this too, actually. But people retiring now are starting to look at the market and realize, oh, you know, um, right, it's 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 not where I want it to be. Um, but I think a lot of people working and they're constantly chipping into the pensions and stuff like that. I haven't smelt any fear or panic in that um, in the general market. Um, right. I, you know, Jonas talks about Max Payne. <laughs> I, I we, have, we haven't seen a whisker of it, I don't believe. Well, it almost seems like Max Payne would be to go higher at this point with so many people thinking that, you know, we're done. We're going to go down from here. It's not going to have any chance of recovery at, at this point, which I just don't believe is true. Yeah, so I saw someone explain it as, you know, can a hundred years plus of stock market fundamentals being, you know, you're looking for stuff like 4.55p ratio. Like, did that all of a sudden break and 25 is a new norm? Or is it really, you know? And I think yeah. that's how to look at the S&P and the NASDAQ now and the higher time frames and how parabolic they look. Yeah, only up. <laughs> Forever and ever, only up. That's the new norm. Yeah, it's like, oh, we can just go up only before, <laughs> you know, what you're describing there. Yeah, you just print more money. We're all good. Everything's fine. Yeah. The debt's so far gone, it's never ever going to get paid back anyway. So what's the what's the point behind the whole thing, you know? I don't know. It's a tough, it's a tough thing to look at and and to wrap your head around because it doesn't make sense you know if, if it made sense it would have collapsed years ago and we would have we would have fixed it by now and that's not the case they just continue kicking the can down the road and you know even after like 2008 right was that correction enough in my opinion no it wasn't for the entirety of the uh for the stock market as it's been around and all the information we have um you know we should have peaked out around 2008, 2010, and really had a very, very, very hard depressive crash, which probably would have reset us back to those major trend lines of support, you know, in the potential hundreds of points, right? And now that we, because we didn't do that in that in that time, well, now you got to think of it like an elastic band. It's been stretched out for so long, you know, the snapback ability of it is much higher, if that makes any sense. But yeah, it's it's to be seen, you know. Like I said, if if everyone believes in said house of cards or 
said paper legs on said table and chair that everyone's standing on, then it won't fold. It'll only fold when the belief that it's folding, that it's not going to fold is not there anymore. When, when the sediment over, you know, of over 50% of the people don't believe anymore that this real, it won't be real anymore, essentially, right? We, you, you fabricate your own reality. The same is, is in the sense of the stock market. It's, it's fabricated mentality. And that touches back to your point on, you know, CNBC and these guys, you know, they'll be shouting to the moon and the market will correct. And now it's, oh, we're going to have a recession and the market will pump. Yeah, we've, we've dumped 20%. Now they talk about recession. Now we're going to pump 20% or 40% and they're going to be like, no, now it's pumping. Yeah. Instead of like right now, like we're talking about, you know, this is where it's turning around potentially, not 20% down the line when it's topping out at previous all-time highs. Now it's not pumping now, it just pumped, you, you fiddles. Um, Trent, I see you got your screen up. You got anything you want to add to this conversation, my friend? You know, fiat is a, is a funny thing because you just print more and that causes inflation over a longer period of time. And uh, if you do have population growth, right, generally, then yeah, you can keep this whole the whole thing running, right? Because you don't print so much more that uh, it it it's not backed up by like production and goods and services and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But of course, yeah, you do have that dilution of you know. I, I know that they they want the dilution rate to be two percent or less, right? Inflation, and uh, you know, right now we're it's. I mean, last year it was what nine percent basically, as far as United States. I, I, it depends on other countries, right? I don't know exactly what England was or or Canada or anything, but um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I just don't see like a fifty percent correction, just like a fifty percent dump off the face of the earth happening. And uh, I I think that these things go to your point of saying. Uh, in 2008, you know, should have gone back to like the hundreds or something. I mean, there's a, it, everything works together, right? There's a reason that a gallon of gas now is like six, seven dollars, uh, you know, back when it was like, like when my parents were my age, it was more like, I don't know, 25 cents probably or something. Um, so you've had orders of magnitude and I would just think, you know, 60 years in the future from now, 50 years, whatever, I would just imagine that it would be again, you know, another whatever X, uh, increase a gallon of gas would be, I mean, if there's still gas, right. To be had, it'd be 120 bucks a gallon or something. Um, but similarly, you know, everybody's paychecks, instead of it being 10,000 a year or now a hundred thousand a year or something, it'd be, you know, a million a year and, you know, yeah, I make a million a year. It's enough to afford like a small apartment, you know, <laughs> you know, I think it's just, it, 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 it's like, it's a similar thing, like comparing dollars to yen, right? I mean, you need so much yen to get the same thing as dollars, but it doesn't inherently mean that yen is, uh, doesn't work. It's just, you got to tack on more zeros, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think the same thing happens here where you see, and this is kind of the draw of Bitcoin and stuff is you see the, you now start to see the difference between nominal, uh, like number value and the actual underlying value value, if you will, you know, Bitcoin being uh, 36,000 or what is it? 31,000 now. Sorry. You know, if you divided it by the total money supply, I don't think that it would be, I think it's right around all time high in 2017, more like 19,000 in 2017 dollars. So it just goes to show that even though the, we see the number go up, the actual value of it, um, it's, it's a little different. Bitcoin holds its value, you know, US dollar doesn't. That's why Bitcoin has basically 
know if I'm explaining that quite right, but basically if you just held dollars the entire time, they'd be worth less. Whereas Bitcoin over that same period of time has obviously compared to the dollar been, it's gone up, right? Absolutely. And that, that just, that just goes to the dollar inflating as well as when you see the stock market go right into the up and to the right. Part of it maybe is that there is more actual value. Yeah, I'm, I'm not saying that there's it's not increasing in overall value somehow. Probably I would say due to like population increasing basically. But um, a lot of it is just because you have more dollars chasing the same number of assets. So the price of each asset goes up. And as I was saying, you see that in everything else, you know, housing, food, everything. Yes, the dollar's worth less. Everything else technically is worth more. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That relates yeah. to the energy market massively, you know, because people are looking at, oh, we're still like miles off the 2008 highs uh, when gas was like uh, crude was trading over 200 bucks a barrel. Mm-hmm. And then you factor in money flow and you're like, well, we are so far away from equivalent all-time highs in crude. Mm-hmm. So if it goes there, like that's going to be a hell of a nosebleed for the world, given the pain that's already facing. I don't know how the normal person's going to deal with that. Like they won't be able, you know, they're going to have to find new ways of transport because driving their car to work isn't going to work. If, if barrels of oil... 4x or i get you know i don't even know what the price is actually right now but if it was around 50 dollars and we were to go to 200 you know the, <clears throat> the price comparison of of gasoline now like can you imagine if if gas were to go to 26 30 dollars you know a gallon you you'd have <laughs> public discourse and unrest like it would it would be a shit show tesla would make bank <laughs> I think Jay would be a big winner. He does around 50,000 steps a day and has guns, so he could just carry you everywhere. There you go. See? I, I think places where you can get around on public transport or that have pretty robust uh, like grids for electric cars and stuff, uh, I, I think they would fare the, the storm. You know, I think there's plenty of parts of Europe, uh, Japan largely, um, I, I, but I think certainly for North America or you know, I can definitely say in the States, yeah, that would be yeah, you know, miserable. I mean, it would just be horrendous. The whole, the entire infrastructure and fabric of the U- U.S. is built on cheap energy, on cheap oil. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like you could have a situation in the U.S. where <laughs> you need to introduce, um, you know, energy rationing, and the protests that you got to spend like twenty bucks a gallon at the pump. Now here, I, I got a bullish signal for all of us, okay? So if you got the weekly chart of the uh, transportation index, right? Um, historically, when the transportation index diverges from Dow Jones, you start to have issues, whether it's, uh, or, or maybe not issues, I should say, you, you tend to have volatile moves, whether to the upside or downside. Um, but if we plot a little wolf pack over this thing on the weekly chart of the transportation index, how about a couple drives of bullish divergence? Wolfpack flipping green, overtaking the previous weekly, uh, like lower high. I would say, you know, somewhere in here, right? You got this signal. Wolfpack goes green. You retake the weekly lower high. I mean, it was just recovery thereafter. Uh, if we look at current time, uh, you know, right now we have no bullish divergence. Wolfpack red, uh, making lower highs. So, I mean, I don't know if you want to say uh, recovery on, boys, that's that, That's maybe one signal you could take a look at. Really 
very simple approach in thinking to that. You didn't have divergence on the COVID dump, but of course that was, you know, doom and just straight back up, basically. I love these kind of macro confirmation indicators. You know, you could CPI is another one back in September, October. That CPI report that came in and this really massively over expectations. There was a divergence mm-hmm. between the stock market and its continuation for a month or two after that, more or less Christmas. But then it started to kind of realize reality. Uh, but uh-huh. this is a really, really good one. Yeah, I didn't know about this chart either, actually. Real world, man. I mean, if you look at transportation right now, it's it's not that weak, right? I mean, it's yes, it's down, but I mean, compare this to Dow Jones. It's like, you know, you could say that this is a precursor because it's... So I guess this is kind of bearish, right? Because basically the transportation index is falling more than Dow Jones. So theoretically, Dow Jones needs to catch up, needs to fall more. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, yeah, I guess, you know, that's kind of like a bearish sentiment. But I would I would say that basically if you start to see transportation starting to look constructive, I'd then be thinking, okay, this might be like an actual low here on traditional markets. It's just a thought, right? And this is totally macro environment. I, I This is my opinion. It's not financial advice. I, I don't know how this would relate to Bitcoin. I would think, though, that if there's more weakness in the stock market, you're going to see your 22K Bitcoin, you know. But just like in 2018, that could be the macro low, you know, it could like get down there to low 20s. That's your macro low recovery on in the stock market. You know, Bitcoin bounces around the 20s forever and ever, eventually makes its way back up into the 30s. We, you know, rinse and repeat 2019, 2020 having happens and we're off to the races again you know i know that that's long term right that's two three years but um i think it's important to keep that in mind because we we so focus on um at least for people who want to hold a position long term right not not for necessarily trading if you're going to be trading the one hour this stuff like i don't know how much this really matters on like a one one hour four hour kind of deal um not at all yeah i i (laughs) Exactly, you know, but that's what I do. I, I like to look at the the bigger, you know, multi month trend, and and uh, I'm I'm not so much into scalping all the time and stuff. So that's you know, I like bringing this perspective to the conversation. Yeah, and it's appreciated. I I think by myself and many other people, it's good to have sure. differing differing opinions from different outlooks. Yeah, because I mean, I would have never looked at the uh, you know the transportation stuff and compared it to the Dow Jones. Here's my same ranging chart from, uh, our, I think, our last podcast, the one hour on Bitcoin. I'm seeing us getting near the top of the range, you know, maybe 33,000 or so, a little shy of that. Could be the, the end of the pump is kind of what I would be thinking. And I'd be, uh, if I were to play this, I'd w- be wanting to play the range, you know. Okay, it's up to 33. Let's see, let's wait for a little, you know, one hour TC down. You know, get get a little position in. Okay, we got some divergence on the four hour, four hour TC down. Okay, great. You know, let's play it down to the bottom of the range and you know, do it again. Well, definitely. I mean, you play the range until the range is no longer viable. Um, but also keeping in mind that you know the uh, those midterm time frames like we have daily now, um, showing a lot of bullish signs. So your, your mentality should be that the likelihood of this range breaking to the upside is greater than it breaking to the downside. Of course, it can still break to the downside. Anything in between is just just that, in between, ranging. And until we have a confirmed close above that 32,500, 33, we're not for sure out of the range, right? We can, we can come up and test 32, or we can come back now and test 30,500 and then try to take a test at 40, uh, sorry, 32. 
We just we need a lot more of these time frames to align themselves. The four hour and the daily need to agree with that twelve hour in the TC. Um, and once we can do that, it, it agreed. Like I said, money flow is always my you know my like uh, the underlying overall outlook of what's going on. And at the moment, daily as far as it goes, divergence and money flow looks good in these levels. I would also like to add something. Please. Sometimes I like to look at exo charts to see how many longs and shorts are actually building up at this local level. And uh, for now, like in this second, we just have a lot of shorts building up, but not really longs. And uh, I mean, with all these potential weekly divergences, uh, divergences, the daily pushing up, money flow, turning back up and um, if you look at the daily time frame you already see that it is forming higher lows we're pushing again against this resistance i wouldn't look to to aggressively short this again if you catch the four hour higher low for the for this converging wave and in my opinion it was a four hour convergence that uh, brought us back up if you catch this long you should uh, you should be very happy maybe take some partial profits day in and uh, but there is no reason to cut to cut the long if btc can push through this major resistance level like 30 31,700 32k mm -hmm. in general i would like to see um like 34k um, yeah. as the next step and uh, then uh, btc will make a decision but um, for now like you said um, I also have the same feeling that it is uh, rather likely than, or it is uh, more likely that the price will go up instead, uh, grinding down again. Right. Because, yeah, I mean, if there's no liquidity to to burn up, because not a lot of people have been longing, right, and there's way more shorts, then that means that all those shorts are going to hit as the price is being pushed up, and then they're going to be, you know, squeezed, essentially. Yeah, for sure. And uh, also um, something I've seen today, we actually have a, a big fat green dot in the weekly chart, um, oh. which uh, kind of fits in uh, or fits our thoughts. And um, also, if you take a look at the weekly, it had one last bounce um, to like 48k before it dropped, before the last big drop happened. Um, it's like, yeah, nine weeks ago, happened in March. For me, this was a lower high, a weekly lower high, which gave us a weekly convergence. And this weekly convergence should be, yeah, should be over at at some point. Um, I think that at this at this case, uh, in this case, we're on support. Um, it could be a very good sign that uh, this is over and that we will see the relief you are already uh, always talking about, potato. And um, another thing is, we had this monthly bearish divergence um, we had this monthly tc down which just confirmed this bearish divergence and uh, we haven't seen a monthly um, lower high yet so why not just uh, see this relief or potential monthly lower high in some months hey, if i just uh, summarize everything i would i would like to see btc pump a little bit more or maybe even like ten thousand dollars more or twenty thousand right yeah, because I mean, if we were to close anything below 48 and turn back around, we're confirming another converging wave to the downside. And maybe even with a potential hidden bearish divergence stacked on top of it. So it could be a double 
a double whammy converging wave. Yeah, this would also fit um, all your stock market thoughts, like get everyone bearish, um, but all these uh, major or even politicians uh, just keep buying in. And uh, we will see one last rally before it all just takes a shit. Yeah, and I really, I, I really believe that you know they're going to hold it. If we do get back up to all-time high, it's going to hold there for a while. Like I'm talking, like if you look at what gold's done over the last year and a half, how it's just come up to 2000, come back to 1850, tried coming back up to 2000, 1850. I think we'd have a very similar macro consolidation in that all-time high where we get the potential to, you know, to then create a new all-time high before potentially taking this big tumble that we 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 absolutely should get at some point because just everything, right? The housing market, the inflation, the bond, everything literally everything is is overextended at this point and it's becoming clearer and clearer but you know they never they never play off of the initial stuff again the big short man they, those guys started shorting two years early and we're in the same freaking timeline boat here's your crystal ball uh you know come up break the top of the range on bitcoin you know, 34 34 and change something come back down test the top of the range as support Yep. Get the divergence. You know, everything turns back TC'd up. Okay, great. And we're off. You know, on a more macro weekly time frame, you know, you, it all pumps back up to 40 or something, 42, 43, who knows? Yeah, create this hidden bearish divergence you were talking about. And, you know, off we go to the bot, to the low 20s. Exactly. Macro low. Exactly. I totally agree. Have the same thoughts. Yeah, let me just pointed out because I did draw some stuff here for you guys. So essentially my thoughts are that potentially that this is some sort of falling wedge flag. Um because we broke down from the the ascending triangle, the only way that we can validate this again would be if we were to come back all the way up to 40, break through 40 and then retest 40 as support. So 40k right now is acting as our major resistance was support now resistance level so if we can't get back above 40 we have no hope for getting back into this bullish triangle and i mean it's fine because this pattern is still a bullish pattern overall um but we can have what we did back in uh march of 2020 where we had a very similar bullish pattern and we ended up breaking down first it completely diverged and oversold itself which puts us into that same level twenty thousand dollars very oversold big bullish divergence something somewhere in here on the weekly and from there uh the overall should pick up and we would continue through pushing back up to this some of these prior resistance levels but essentially it's a you know a channel in a channel um and it just depends on what we're going to hold here because at the moment we are still technically holding the upper more bullish channel, but we're still being held down to a degree by the more bearish kind of uh, slower going channel, if that makes any sense. And again, I apologize for the people on the podcast who can't see my screen. I'm paying attention more so to the weekly wolf pack than like weekly price action of what's going on here. Uh, I think this is way more important to see what's actually going to happen here. If we're going to get to the top, try and break through, reject, 
and then crack down because that would line up perfectly with this type of move over this long term and then potentially going to break through when these cross because now we're in a expanding market rather than a you know de uh, compressing market so i think that's really where my attention is going to be is what goes what's going to happen here are we going to be able to break out to the upside it's just as possible that we're actually hitting the major support now we don't need to come to 20 and we get pushed back into this prior triangle or just continuing to build up on this more bullish um support level but it's to be seen to be seen for sure for now we have a really really nice divergence stacked up here only on wolfpack though and that's why i don't think that there's as much validation behind it because it's not showing up in our money flow or our market liberator but it's enough to at least try and get us back to the top here at 40 to 42 at least try to shoot back for that level if we can't get uh, above that though i mean there's a lot of levels of resistance now coming in all in the same spot right at the end of august start of september that's where all these levels are interjecting so that is going to be the weakest spot because they're all at the same level it would be our most likely area of breaking through but it could also be the most potent resistance level at the same time does that make sense guys i have percent i'm with you yeah it's <laughs> When Chris is coming in, I was like, I respect his opinion so much. I thought he was going to tell us to, we were all wrong, but it's um, such a phenomenal mark for the confluence, which is pretty healthy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. By the way, thank you, Chris. Appreciate it, man. It's nice having you. Welcome, and I'm happy to be here again. Dankeschön. Dankeschön. Bitteschön. <laughs> yeah. Does anyone else have anything they want to add or any thoughts, anything like that before we close things off? I think for the big fat clause, you know, I think the focus on Bitcoin is yeah, supreme. But be interesting if we get to that even, uh, you know, 35 kind of and above level, what all coins will do. Given the levels that they're at aren't catastrophic and liquidity is so low, wouldn't take much to have a bit of an old season in the midterm. I really think we're cutting ourselves short. Like every time that we've been in this level so far, we've held, you know, and it's, it's been a really good rise, right? So, I mean, eh, I don't know. I think the possibility of us going higher here and, and even potentially pushing all the way to 50 or whatever, 55 as a big fake out before then dumping to 20 is, is still very like a high level potential for us here. We, you know, most people cut themselves short when things are turning around, right? And it makes sense. That's because we've been in this bearish momentum for so long, you know, and it's just going to go bullish and it's going to feel like, oh, it's going to end now. Oh, it's going to end now. It's probably going to end next week. Oh, and maybe the week after that, right? Like just how we've been with the bears here. It's going to end soon. It's just a matter of when is soon. So, I mean, it's, you know, that's the whole thing. As long as you're on the right side, you're in the right trades, you're not worried about when it's stopping because like you're going to know the, the TA, the the triple confirmation is going to tell you when and where we're done. As long as you don't get stuck in your own emotional thinking that it, um, we'll be all right. You know, everyone that I've seen who's bullish on YouTube and, and stuff right now is like flipping, flopping back and forth. 
they're bullish and then they're not. And then they think they're bullish and then they're not. You know, I think we've been pretty clear that, you know, I'm I'm very sure that 30,000 is acting still as major support. Obviously, if that breaks, then things change. But for the current time being, it hasn't broken. We tested one week below 30 so far, and it was bought up fairly, fairly quickly, right? That push down to 25 was 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 almost instantaneously bought back up. I think the close of that day was still even like 28 to five or something like so. So we're, yeah, we're not in, we're not in the, in the poo poo yet. Things are still looking okay. We're continuing to turn around here. This is good. S and P and everything else is backing that up. And, you know, we'll continue to play as long as uh, TC's on our side. Uh, one quick thing, guys, if you didn't see uh, in the updates channel, Jonas posted a really nice update about the snapshot. If you guys have any questions, you can send them over to me. Um, but mostly everything's pretty much explained in that in that post. So you guys will be seeing some rewards fairly soon. And we appreciate you guys. Ah, yeah, I think that's 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 a wrap, my friends. Appreciate you guys. Hopefully you have a great rest of your day and we'll talk to you on Wednesday. Ciao.